0: Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you.
1: Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and today I am joined by the wonderful Aditi Tiagi, Sales Manager at Employment and Recruitment Services of Canada. Aditi is a results oriented professional in HR, sales, and program development. Aditi, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me today.
1: Well, let's uh, let's jump straight in, because uh, we've got lots to talk about today. Tell me, t- tell me a bit about your career up to joining ERSE.
0: Well, so I've had a, a fairly eclectic career. I actually started off as a computer engineer, believe it or not. Um, and uh, I worked as a Java developer for quite some time, but then just sort of, for lack of a better way of saying that, just got tired of, of the no-people interaction part of it and jumped into sales. And, uh, and then my, my career sort of took off from there. So I had the opportunity to do sales across Canada um, in, the, uh, in the U.S. and in England as well for a little bit. And from there, I got picked up by a recruiting agency. Uh, first time in, I was doing recruiting for the aerospace industry, which was fantastic. It was a great learning experience and grew from there um, in Montreal. And from there, decided to, to take a, a big jump and move to Toronto. And so I've been here now for two years working within the recruitment industry still and just uh, growing in different areas.
1: Perfect. Thank you. I I hear the uh, the aviation industry at the moment is skyrocketing. (laughs) And now you're at ERSC. Um, Yes. Tell me a bit about them, what they do, what they stand for, why you joined them too.
0: Well, ERSC is the uh, Employment and Recruitment Services of Canada. Once again, <clears throat> interesting company in terms of it being a startup. We've actually been around for oh gosh, like we went live in 2016, but the company itself has been around for 21 years. Did a lot of um, a lot of immigration, and uh, and because of the success in immigration, decided to open up a division that would help people uh, that we are bringing into the country get jobs. So that's the aspect I really liked about it as well. Um, the ability to help people who are um, who are new to the country find work, but then also develop and work with the people who've already been here, people who are local to Canada, and help them get jobs. So there's so many different niches. And especially with what the government is trying to do right now with Trudeau's government in in terms of bringing in um, immigrants into Canada, we want to be able to help people find jobs and help them situate in the right areas and the right companies instead of sort of, you know, clawing at the market, trying to figure out where they can fit in or trying to just get anything to make money. We want to help people make the right fit. So that interested me about ERSC, about uh, employment and recruitment services. And that was definitely a sticking point for me coming to work here.
1: I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm not originally from Canada.
0: Uh, (laughs) I um... couldn't tell Bill. (laughs) The access was not a dead giveaway.
1: So five years ago, I, I came over here And uh, I should just say apologies to our U.S. listeners. This is a very Canadian-centric episode today. Please tune in next week. Um, But five years ago, uh, I I came over here and I could have done with one of those sorts of conversations. Instead, I just hit Indeed.ca and a few other places um, to see see what I could find. And I was very lucky. Uh, It worked out okay for myself and my wife. But for a lot of people, they find it very difficult. Um, Talk to me a bit about the... The, the process is there to, to have that first conversation and then what does that com- first conversation look like so for example tell me a bit about how you guys go out and <clears throat> find find those candidates that those people who have just arrived in the last few, few months perhaps they've got the right qualifications but uh, they, they need Great. somebody like you to help and then also maybe give me a bit of an overview of uh, what that initial chat would be with a with a chap like myself five years ago
0: So, I mean, we've got a a few different avenues that we use. First of all, we do do our own immigration as well for clients. Uh, which means that we will specifically target different countries to come uh, to bring in different resources, depending on what our clients are looking for. Um, now, if we're already looking at people who have arrived into Canada within the past year, year and a half or so, then we're targeting different communities. So, one of uh, one of the things that we really, really focus on is our horsepower, and our horsepower in terms of being our recruiters will actually take the time to become part of different groups different associations, put ads out in different sort of local community papers in the languages that uh, that attract that community so that we can talk to them. The initial conversation starts off with us um, understanding where they're at in their careers, understanding what they've done. We don't want to take an engineer and put them into, you know, um, for lack of a, of a better example, like put them into, let's say, a maintenance job or, or you know, like cleaning up an office job. We want to help qualify them to figure out where they're standing, what sort of equivalency they need in order to to comply with the jobs that we have open here and how we can fit them together. Language is always an important thing because everybody does need to be able to communicate um, to a certain extent with the rest of the team within a company or if it's a client facing the job then be able to communicate with with the client externally Um, A lot of our clients that we currently have do do quite a bit of work in the U.S. or are head office out of the U.S. So there is a certain amount of traveling involved as well. So all of these factors we have to take into consideration and figure out sort of who can be the best fit. And if not, then where we can better work with them and which clients can better attract them. So on our sales side, we look at that as well, right? So we've got this sort of gamut of uh, of candidates, of people that are local to Canada uh, or have just arrived within the past couple of years or that we're looking at bringing in, and we want to try and figure out how we can place them into these into these different clients, uh, which is a different solution that we look at with our clients as well uh, in terms of, of them having a hard time finding resources here. So let's say there's, for example, an IT startup that's been having a very difficult time finding um, resources with a certain new technology that they're implementing. Well, now we have the advantage of looking elsewhere, right? We have the advantage of looking across the world and saying, you know what? Here's where they're going to school in this. Here's where where they're working really strongly on this. Here's what we can do. So it helps out in that way as well in terms of both the candidates and the clients.
1: Now, I would like to learn a bit more about specifically your role. At EI, okay. okay. so you're the sales manager. You're not a recruiter. Your job is is uh, nuanced and significantly different at the same time. Um, tell me a bit about your your position and um, what does an average work week look
0: like for you, Aditi? Right. Uh, so my position as sales manager is to work directly with our sales team. Uh, and with our clients so, so i want to help grow our sales team internally in terms of um, of who to target or what clients we want to work with and helping to create sort of a synergy between our brand and, and our clients um, i want to be able to teach our sales team to grow individually in that aspect and to help them build their accounts and on the other side i work directly with clients as well i really do love the um the people contact right that was why i left uh, i left programming in the first place um was to be surrounded by people and constantly meeting new people so that we can be under get an understanding of what's happening in their market very much in office and out of office i like to be on the road quite a bit um so an average day is, is working with the team and then going out to meet clients constantly being there the clients that we do work with um we sort of have an open door policy. You know, I, I don't always need to have uh, security cards or the security guards know exactly who I am when I'm walking through the door. Uh, it sort of builds that partnership. We're not just a vendor, we're a part of their team as well. So it's that growth that we're looking to uh, to obtain and I want to pass that on uh, to the team that I'm helping to create here.
1: Super, thank you. Now let's talk about tech because uh, we like to talk a yeah. bit about tech when we can on the HR Chat Show. Let's let's uh, discuss the, the tech that you use to find candidates. Uh, what, what, are, what are the tools out there, or indeed, partners uh, who are then looking for candidates, what what are, what are the tools that you guys prefer to use? Why are they good? And any any tech out there that you've tried and you think, Bill, gosh, this is just rubbish. Um, give yeah. us a bit, a bit okay. of an insight. That's there.
0: a great question. We are, because we are fairly sort of uh, young, We do like to associate with different um, companies out there that are coming out with new and bright ideas in terms of technology. So one of the things that we do look at and one of the things that we do pride ourselves with is the interviewing process that we go through. So we want our clients to be able to understand exactly the kind of candidates that we are speaking with, get an idea of their language skills and, and their personality too, right? Because personality is so important when you're trying to hire someone into a company um, so, we look at different tools that we use for interviewing candidates. We want to be able to uh, to video record our interviews, whether it's, um, it's here in Toronto. Now, we actually do have offices across the board, so we've got offices in Vancouver, Calgary, and we're opening up one in Montreal next week, which means that I physically can't be in all of these different locations, and neither can our recruiters all the time. Uh, So we want to have the right technology that can capture these interviews where our candidates can interview, let's say, from home, but still have a professional feel to the interview. The other thing we also have to do is, you know, in order to maintain uh, compliance with HR Code of Ethics and our Human Rights Code, we have to have a standard set of questions that we have to ask every candidate. Um, So we want to be fair in that as well. So the, uh, the technology to video record is a really big, I mean, other than that, we use a lot of internal programs as well, right? We have our own uh, ATS, our own CRMs, um, our own management systems, which we've created uh, internally. And so these are, are fantastic. They help us while we're on the road. I mean, we all pride ourselves on, on not sitting in the office all day um, and being able to work from remotely from anywhere. So that always helps out.
1: Okay, so taking taking a step back for a moment from um, the the conversation around uh, having real conversations with people, gauging their personalities and the fit and so forth, before yeah. before one even gets to that stage, what about the pre qualification based on um, people's credentials, based on personality testing, things like that? How do you think AI has changed and is changing the way people offer? employment services, and the way people recruit?
0: Right, So, and that's a great question. Uh, AI is definitely changing um, the world today. And in recruitment itself, I mean, data analytics, uh, predictive analytics, it, it's huge. We can monitor um, our sort of our candidates' history in terms of, of their career, what they've done, what they like to do, um, in terms of uh, sort of what areas they're targeting, right? The people that are the candidates that we're looking at for our clients not only need to fit in technically, but they also need to have a cultural fit with our clients. So let's say, for example, um, and these are always difficult positions to fill, but you're looking for a salesperson. The salespeople have, uh, always have quite a personality on them in terms of what they like to, to do in their free time, how they work. Um, you know what motivates them to work. Salespeople are are, um, are quite a beast on their own. So we need to be able to understand where the information is that they're gathering. Sorry, where where they're going to gather information, what they're doing outside of their um, outside of their requirements for their work in order to be able to get the sales that they need to get, and then how that will fit in to the right client. So. It's helpful. There's a lot of research out there. There's a lot of white papers out there, um, and we are looking at partnering with some companies who can provide us some very specific information on candidates. You know, there's a program that just um, that was just released. It's I believe a free program. and I off the top of my head, I don't remember the name of it. Um, my colleagues just showed it to me last week, uh, but it gives you the ability to to look at each person individually, and sort of where they're looking or, you know, what publicly they're looking at in terms of information in terms of research, and how we can, and how we can look at them and having them fit into our roles.
1: Do you think that a lot of uh, more junior roles uh, yeah. will, will be redundant within 10 years because of the onset of AI? Uh, I, I was at a a conference here in Toronto uh, recently with uh, the wonderful Kevin Grossman was, was, was a speaker and it was on the it was on the robots and AI and um, yeah. the general consensus from the panel there was that in 10 years time a whole bunch of the more junior positions will can be filled by chatbots or whatever it is obviously depending on what the industry is of course and the skill set what's your take on that what, what do you think the future role of folk in employment services and recruitment will be what right. what what touch points will they be coming in at in terms of seniority of, of hiring folk?
0: Right. And and that's always a question that comes up any time there's a change in terms of technology um, within the world, right? And we, we saw the same sort of thing happen uh, with programming with computers um, sort of programs being developed and people being worried well you know now that a computer can do this job or i you know we don't there's not really a need but you have to remember that that also creates a whole gamut of other jobs so looking forward yes absolutely with the with the influx of, of ai there's going to be a change within the industry but that also means it's going to create a whole new set of jobs for people to do so yes there will be um, sort of a dissolving of some of the jobs that currently do exist, but there will also be a creation of jobs that we haven't really realized. And, you know, in terms of predictive analytics, right? It will be perhaps easier, or not easier, but it will be different to, uh, to uh, sort through candidate resumes because then you can pinpoint certain, pin, uh, certain words, certain characteristics, certain things, but then, at some point, you will need some sort of physical aspect to um, to communicate with candidates to to come in to to do a job. I mean, I do see there being uh, an influx, especially with video resumeing um, to sort of you know take away that that interaction between people. you might not need someone physically there to to conduct interviews anymore, but there will then be a need to to sort of create those questions with the interviews, you know, more of a research step to make sure that everything is in compliance. So it's going to be a give and take. I think that, yes, it will go away, but that's nothing to be afraid of because there will be other jobs that get created. Um, And, Perhaps those jobs that get created, I think it's probably going to be um, more education that's required in order to be able to understand or or certain sort of skill sets that we'll be looking at. Um, It'll be a different world, definitely, but an exciting one.
1: Who knows? Maybe it won't be video. Maybe it'll be holograms or something like that by that point.
0: Well, exactly, right? And the holograms are great. I think it's interesting. We're right back to Star Trek all over again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well, let's, let, let, let's keep on the theme of the overall business strategy. If, if we may,
0: absolutely.
1: So, from the conversations that you have with organisations at, at you know at, at that t- top level about what they're looking for when they're looking to grow a team or a department or perhaps onboarding a, a, a new set of uh, skills uh, within the organisation, what is that conversation? What, what what do you what are those pain points that you look you look to address when you're trying to build out a strategy for building a business?
0: A very regular pain point, especially when building a team. Um, There's a whole bunch of change management that has to occur in terms of the existing team, uh, but in terms of the new team that's being created. And so management issues start arising, right? How do you create a team that's going to produce quality in a certain amount of time? Now, cost is always a factor. Um, and companies, especially the larger ones, realize that you've got to spend money in order to make money. Uh, the smaller ones tend to have a little bit of a harder time with that because they're limited to a certain budget. Um, but it's it's understanding the whole management aspect of it. Okay, so what kind of culture do you want to create in your company? Or what cult- type of culture already exists in your team that you need to be able to grow? Uh, that's the very first question. Then in terms of technical. Um, what is it that you're looking for? You hear a lot of of people saying, you know what, we'll hire junior people in our team and we'll have, uh, let's say, one or two senior people on our team and they can train the junior people. But you have to understand that there's a lot of time that that is uh, taken or allotted to be able to train someone junior and to ramp them up to the time of, uh, or to the, I guess, production rate. Uh, So that needs to be considered. And the areas that the mistakes that mostly arise that I've um, had conversations with sort of VPs and CEOs with, it's around having hired or having picked the wrong individuals, having brought on individuals who were perhaps too junior. Uh, who didn't have the skill set because they were trying to save money or um, or even outsourcing to different countries, right? So then the quality disappears. There's no sort of control over that. And that, once again, ties right back into cost. You have to spend money in order to be able to make money, right? And if you can understand that, if you can swallow that, um, then... That's you know that will save you a ton of time, so when we're having these conversations or when I'm having these conversations, it's about understanding okay, what is it that you want to do, and what is the risk of this like will if hiring this person um and this person not performing is very risky for you then isn't it worth spending the extra money to create the right sort of team for you and then based on that we can go out and we've got our network to be able to to touch base with um with people who aren't necessarily looking for work right just as as other staffing agencies do um but to be able to target the right people and start the right conversations and do you guys
1: help with strategy in terms of uh, employee retention as well? And if so, uh, what does that conversation look like? What, what, are your, what are your tips there to recognize, reward, and retain the, the top performers?
0: Uh, so that is one of the solutions that we do provide. So employee retention is, is always a huge, huge one. Um, and based on all the experience that we have gathered within our own team and, and within the, um, the work we've done with some of our clients, yeah. We understand that you know, culture is just so important in terms of um, finding the right people, but in, in also in terms of retaining the right people. You want to find, look for a company that you can fit with culturally, because if you're just looking for a job that will enable you to pay your rent at the end of the day, then you're only going to be in that job for under a year right you 're not going to be there for a long time, so then take it back to the clients when they 're hiring. be able to pick pinpoint the kind of people that you want to stay for a long time now if you 're not looking for retention for more than a year or two years and you want your company to be more of a strategic learning place. A lot of, a lot of startups will do that, right? They will look at that and they will say, well, we're interested in, in hiring people who are going to be here for a couple of years. They're going to learn a lot, but then they will eventually move on. Then that also changes the way the, sort of the... The services that you provide within the company, um, have the you know the growth strategies that you provide. You're not looking for someone to move up in terms of a uh, career step. You're looking at providing training within the company, within that startup. If you're looking for someone to stay ten years, right? If you're looking for someone to be there long term, then you're looking at at. Um, at sort of the whole gamut of things in terms of providing providing reviews, providing uh, an area where people can sort of move up, or cater to what their needs are. Not everybody wants the same thing out of a job. Some people just want to be able to come in, do their job, at the end of the day, go home to their families or their friends. So you have to cater to everybody. Um, there's a huge trend right now with, um, with sort of what Google started doing, you know, providing company uh, breakfasts and lunches and playgrounds and whatnot. And that is fantastic, but that's not necessarily company culture, and that's not necessarily what everyone is looking for as well. So what we do is we sit down with our, with our clients and we get an understanding of what their long-term plan is or what their short-term plan is, whatever their plan is. And then based on that, trying to figure out the right um, business model, the right sort of solution for them, uh, and then helping to develop them in that way. So whether it's training programs internally, whether it's, it's incentives internally, whether it is you know being able to attend as many uh, networking events as possible, or whether it's being able to travel, it varies from client to client. You have to sit down, you have to assess it, uh, and then make those decisions. Those are definitely interesting conversations, though.
1: And that brings me very nicely onto my next question, because you just mentioned events there. Yeah. So which industry events have you attended in the last six months, uh, either as an attendee or as a speaker, and, and Why?
0: Okay, so I mean, um, I love events. I I think that networking is one of the best ways to be able to uh, to a get to know people, but also to get an understanding of what's happening in your community as well, right? Um, and b coming from Montreal, I I didn't I don't have a network here, or I didn't start off with with any network here. I didn't actually know anyone when I moved to Toronto. Um, so best way to know people. Now, the ones that we target um, at Employment and Recruitment Services of Canada are geared towards marketing and HR. So we've been to, uh, we've done InnovateTO. Um, we're also a part of the Board of Trade uh, here locally in Toronto. Um, and as I mentioned, we've got offices in Vancouver and Calgary. So um, the, uh, the Board of Trade associated with Vancouver And the one associated with Calgary, which I believe it is called um, Calgary Chamber of Commerce. And in Montreal, it's called uh, Le Chambre de Commerce de Montréal. So great area for us to be able to network uh, both politically and uh, industry-wise as well. Uh, some of the other ones that we've done, um, startup conference uh, that we're attending next week in Montreal, uh, but we've also done the uh, the DX3 technology conference, which was a fantastic way to meet sort of local talent or local companies, local startups who are trying to promote their business and to get an idea of if there's anyone that we can partner with in terms of using their services, right? Um, so the small business success workshop. Uh, art of marketing, um, provincial uh, debates. We've attended some of those as well. Um, now we've done the disruptive HR in, in Toronto. Uh, Go Geomatics is one that I've spoken at as well, and uh, this was one that was about um, about how to target the right sort of companies in terms of applying for jobs, instead of just sending out your resumes um, and hoping, crossing your fingers that you're going to get that job. How to uh, how to really market to them. A car show as well we did uh, i think we did uh, a, a speech as oh that was very similar um yeah i think uh, that's pretty much it so we are very much involved in our community and uh, and just being a part of what's going on
1: super thank you we're, we're coming towards the end of this particular interview before we wrap things up just a couple of last questions for you firstly Tell me a bit more about you. What, what do you What do you get up to in your spare time? Are there any community causes perhaps you support? If so, why?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so I would say that I'm a pretty social person. I actually love just meeting people and getting to know what's happening. Um, as far as community causes, I actually I, I do quite a bit of volunteer work. I was on the um, uh, the uh, I was on co chair on the board of trade. Uh, For Parkdale Project Read, uh, which is a literacy program uh, geared towards people who haven't um, had the opportunity to learn how to read, so adults uh, more focused on adult education, um, so teaching adults how to read. Um, But I also did that with the university, uh, not the university, sorry, with the Toronto Public Library. Uh, Toronto Public Library offers a similar program. um, um, geared towards different regions in Toronto, um, focused around adults who've never had that opportunity, and I think it's fantastic. Like I want, when I went in there, when I interviewed um, at the Toronto Public Library, one of the things that I was told was, you know, people are looking to to upgrade their careers. Like they want to be able to get these jobs. You know, they have the passion, they have the motivation, they just don't know how to read and write. They don't know how to fill out forms. So that really, really struck to my core and sort of to my heart, and I really wanted to be a part of that. So I've been doing that pretty much since I arrived in Toronto. Um, another one that we recently just got involved with, both with work and personally, is uh, Moorlands, which is a program set up for sending uh, kids from disadvantaged areas to camp. Uh, once again, a great program, and we want to be able to uh, to provide kids who may not necessarily have the opportunity to go to summer camp the ability to do it um, some of the other programs that were that I'm involved in what we're also involved in at work um, are things like dress for success um, so providing clothes um, for people who may not have the opportunity to go out and buy business clothes uh, for interviews or for work related classes other than that what else do I really like to do with my free time um, and, yeah, just be out there, just uh, meet people and um, and try to see how I can contribute to the community in different ways.
1: And occasionally go for a pint in the local oh, pub.
0: Absolutely, Belle. I absolutely love doing that.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I always uh, open to a pint in the local pub. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, listeners, Aditi and her colleagues kindly supported a recent event by Morelands where, I must confess, my wife works. And uh, we, we, had a, we had a couple of drinks at, uh, at a local pub and it was very fun. Yes, so we it was a great them.
0: event. We were all very excited to be there. I actually invited some of, my, uh, some of my close friends to come as well. Everyone was very, very, very impressed and uh, very happy to be able to support such a great cause.
1: And the burgers were very good. Okay, so before we wrap things up, uh, finally, how, how can we learn more about you and about ERSC? Uh,
0: well, so you can always go to our website, um, which is, um, I should know our website, www.erscjobbank.com. Um, but otherwise, you can, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, uh, or on Instagram. And uh, that's always a great way of connecting because we are always putting up um, sort of social media stuff and as well our visual job postings for people who are looking for work. And also we have a blog. Wonderful.
1: Uh, I was reading an interesting uh, post on your blog earlier this morning about ageism. It's uh, very yes. good. So, compliments yes. to your your, con- your content marketing manager over there. Um, yes, so,
0: yes, the HSM uh, one was is actually good. Yes. Okay, so
1: Aditi, that just leaves me to say thank you very much for being the guest on the HR Chat Show today.
0: Thank you, Bill. I really do appreciate uh, you taking the time to have me as well. Um, this has been great. This has been a lot of fun.
1: And listeners, until next time, I've been the host, Bill Bannum, and you've been listening to the HR Chat podcast. Yay.